Yes, I am a pirate. Two hundred years too late. The cannons don't thunder. There's nothing to plunder. I'm an over forty victim of fate. Arriving too late. Arriving too late. What's up, up pirate nation? What up? Pod one fourteen. Uh, what is it? Week thirteen NFL. Uh, man, bye week hell though, right? For sure. For some of these teams, they're gonna be struggling. Wendell specifically, beans and poop bread this week. Yeah. Uh, you know, I I saw this. There's like what one, two, three, five teams on bye this week. Uh, which is tough for this being week thirteen. Uh, week seven was pretty brutal, but this is pretty tough being it towards the end of the year. But crazy that happens this year this late in the year for contending teams feel sorry for you guys for sure yep speaking of tough i have a cold this week so kudos for me for potting through the pain this week there you go who, who isn't sick i feel like everyone's sick uh, the past two weeks tis the season yeah but we have two more weeks left so what do we say? The old the Europe song? It's the final countdown. Insert music. It's the final countdown. Yeah. You know that song was actually voted by VH1, the worst song ever created. So fuck VH1. <laughs> All right. Uh, boss of the week. Let's go. Project, project, this ain't what you want. This ain't what you want. Boss of the week. All right, I'll lead it off. Uh, I was in attendance for this. Uh, Mike Evans. Mayfield doing everything he possibly can. Mayfield throwing towards the end zone. It's caught. Evans, touchdown. And the Buccaneers punch back yet again. Last weekend, uh, two tutties, not crazy, but six for 70, but just was just a boss. Like he was just like, was just rising. It was just vintage Mike Evans, just tearing the Colts apart. Uh, Mike Evans, that's my boss of the week. First nomination. Yeah. No matter how much speed he loses, he's still a freaking boss. He just goes up and he well, he's got uh, he's got Baker slinging it to him just like in college. So he's feeling good for sure. Uh, my nomination, I can't believe we don't talk about this guy enough, and he's just amazing. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, it's tough. And run with it. That was the case there. McCaffrey into the end zone. He goes for the touchdown. He just stomped on the Seahawks' neck last week. 139 total yards, two touchdowns. He's RB1 this year with more than 50 points more than the RB2, which is Honey Mostert. He's uh, averaging 22.5 fantasy points per week, which is ridiculous. Uh, Only three quarterbacks have more points. So he's he's outscoring the majority of quarterbacks too this late year. Uh, He was the RB2, last fact, RB2 last season with 315 fantasy points. He already has 250 this year with five weeks left. 
So he's on pace to shatter his uh, 315 points last year. He's on pace for 360 this year. So Christian McCaffrey, boss, great yeah. pickup by uh, Jay. Had to pay a lot of money, but he's been worth every single penny. And and as Jay would say, I mean, your your nomination of uh, of CMC that's easy. I mean, that's easy, for bro. Sure. Uh, I'm going RB as well. Uh, not nearly the player of CMC, but Kyron Williams, man. And that tight finish at the end to beat Ooh. Seattle. Stafford wants to throw, floats it, touchdown, Rams! Kyron Williams, he's got another one. Two today, nine for the year, and this is seventh game. Holy shit, man. That's I do like to say that, too. I realized that on the pod. I do, I'd say holy shit a lot. But uh, 16 for 143 on the ground, 6 for 61 and two tutties, 35 points after missing the previous four games. Boss. Who would have guessed Kyron Williams would have been the one that really opened up the Rams uh, offense this season? Because as soon as he got going, uh, the Rams kind of picked it up. So surprising. I thought they were going to be one of the worst offenses in the league with all the injuries they started out with. Yeah, I would never guess that. Uh, I guess only probably Byron had the foresight. Kyron Williams, Notre Dame, right? I believe I think so. He's from Notre Dame. Yeah. I'm trying to think of another good Notre Dame. Uh, when's the last? I mean, they've had some, but when's the last one that came through that was good in the NFL? Bettis? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Chime in, Notre Dame fans. Yeah, tell us. Tell us, because I, I don't remember. All right. This boss of the week, I'm going to get a little emotional right here because oh, I feel so strongly about this. And the boss nomination is idiotic Devin Hester Hall of Fame hypers this week. I'm sick, of listen, I'm sick of hearing about it. Devin Hester was just named a semifinalist for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I think this is his second or third time he's been on this list. Okay. Uh, he's not even close to being a Hall of Famer. And I'm a Bears fan saying this. That's and what it pisses I was me say. off, you know, seeing the unanimous support for him. You know, he should be a first ballot and it's a travesty he's not in yet. Uh, these people don't know what they're talking about. But if you look around, everybody says this. They just parrot each other constantly. And here's the arguments. There's four main arguments. We're going to go through this real quick. All right. And I have a rebuttal for every idiotic take and argument that is out there. People say he was the best returner of all time. No, he was only the best punt returner of all time. Okay. Uh, Hester only had five kickoff return touchdowns in his career. There are five guys who have more kick return uh, yards, including Cordero Patterson, who had Ooh. four more than uh, Hester and averaged five more yards per return. But I don't hear anybody fucking saying Cordero Patterson should be a fucking Hall of Famer. Maybe Rick. So, yeah. And Hester, he probably was the best punt returner. But not yeah. by a wide margin. He had 14 uh, touchdowns. Metcalf, Eric Metcalf had 10. Brian Mitchell had 9. Darren Sproles had 8 and a better average. Dante Hall had 7 with less uh, returns. Yeah. So it's not by like some crazy margin. Devin Hester was this unbelievable. It's, it's the people who, who watch YouTube and, and they think they know what they're talking about. Uh, and then you hear this argument. Special teams is one-third of the game. Yeah, this is for people who can't count and are who bad are bad at math. Uh, if that's <laughs> one third. Uh, it's one third of the game, just like uh, what's his name, Chris Nov- Novoselic. 
is one third of the band Nirvana, the bass player who nobody fucking knows. Uh, Kickoffs and punts account for only 11% of the plays in the NFL. So Devin Hester is known for only making up one-tenth of the game. So good job there. Yeah. Uh, and then here's the here's another argument. He's the best ever at his position. Yeah. So we should probably put in the greatest long snapper of all time in the Hall of Fame too, you know? <laughs> the best. Or what about uh, like baseball? Yeah. Uh, we put in the greatest bunter of all time or, you know, the best middle reliever of all time. I was gonna, it's not yeah, I was going to say middle relievers don't get any love, do they? No. So it's such a specialized thing. And remember, Devin is only the best punt returner of all time. So it's very specific, very niche play yeah. that he was the best at. And then the last, the last one I always hear, love this one. The NFL changed the kickoff rules because of Devin. No, they didn't. They changed the kickoff rules because they were getting sued by the Players Association because of player safety. Yeah. And the the rule, the only thing the rule did was increase touchbacks from 72% to 78%. Wow. So barely not anything was going to change. Not a huge change. And yeah. not only that, they didn't make the change till one year out, Devin Hester out of the league. So it wasn't even didn't even affect his career affect at all. It. Right. Huh. Yeah. Those are definitely the arguments that you hear, though. The ones that you yes, brought up for sure. And not only that, it's so hard to make the Hall of Fame as a wide receiver right now. There's only 31 of them in there right now. And there's so many better nominees right now. There's Reggie Wayne, who had 14,000 yards. Uh, Torrey Holt, Steve Smith, Andre Johnson, Anquan Bolden, Brandon Marshall. Heinz Ward, they all had 80-plus touchdowns in 13,000 receiving yards. You ready for uh, Devin Hester as a wide receiver? He had 3,300 total receiving yards and 16 touchdowns, which a good wide receiver gets in like two and a half years in their right. career. I mean, I could, I could keep going on. I got more, too. <laughs> I, I went deep into this argument because I've heard it so many times, and I'm just tired of it. I'm tired of hearing how Devin Hester deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. It's he was electric, for sure, but... Not generational, though. I, it doesn't sound like, obviously. No, it's the idiots that put a fucking punter and a kicker in the Hall right. of Fame, too. It's the same people. They're just dumb. There's an actual statistic called Hall of Fame Monitor Score that Pro Football Reference does. Okay. And this takes into effect, you know, all the accolades, all the Pro Bowls, all the stats, all his return uh, value that he added. And his score is 50.4. And the average Hall of Fame wide receiver right now, their score is 103. So he's about <laughs> worth about half. So it's not even close. I'm sick of hearing it. He's probably going to get in eventually because there are enough idiots out there that just parrot everything that everybody else says. Yeah. Uh, so there you go. Idiotic Devin Hester Hall of Fame hypers. Here's your here's your week to get it going. If you just look at the stats, maybe. But yeah, that does. I mean, as far as for. From the, from outside, I would have said yes. He probably deserves to be in, and and also from coming from you, I would have said that you would have said the same. But uh, now I'm fuck no, Devin Hester, fuck no list, no. fuck no list. Good call. So thank you for for letting me go in Bears Corner there a little bit again. Sometimes that happens on this pod. <laughs> Uh, that was, 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 wait, where are we at in boss of the week now? I'm totally lost. That was number four. So you're on five right now. 
So, so what was your nomination? Did he just not get in? Uh, idiotic Devin Hester Hall of Fame hypers. The people okay. who are hyping him <laughs> because he was named a semifinalist this week. They're going to be like, oh, gotcha. he should have been in already. What's what's taking so long? Fucking I can't wait till I hear someone say that next time. I'm going yeah. to just bust out, bust that out, bust out the, the stats. And when they say special teams is one third of the game, just slap the shit out of them. Uh, all right. My last nomination for boss of the week is ludicrous. Uh, dangling from the roof of uh, Mercedes-Benz Field. Uh, and then next thing you know, Jameis Winston is rapping the lyrics to move bitch to Derek Carr. Uh, so maybe it's a combination of Ludacris and uh, Jameis because Jameis is back. Uh, yeah. But just, that was just a, just a boss move by Ludacris. I mean, A-Town down, whatever. Let's go. Yeah, love it. Big time, big time Ludacris fan. All right, my last nomination is Coach Joel Grindle and the Ooh. Plymouth Pilgrims basketball team. So Let's go. They, they started the season 2-0 with a big win on the road against John Glenn, and I was in attendance for the game versus South Bend Academy. Never heard of them, but they had some black kids, yeah. uh, some athletic black kids, but I, they still got beat. You know, I really appreciated. I saw some good defense. Saw a couple pushdowns uh, for the Plymouth yeah. basketball players out there. I saw the uh, inbounds play two three ran very well. So okay. uh, I think we should be proud. Uh, I think they got a good shot of uh, you know being decent this year. I don't know if they're gonna win a sectional, but they might. They're gonna compete. I think. Getting there, huh? I mean, they've only, I think they won uh, two games maybe his first year or four games maybe his first year and, and upped it the following year. So hoping for maybe double digits this, this year. But rise up, uh, Coach Grendel. Um, I, I actually did watch part of that game on the IHSA app. Uh, so, yeah, I was rising on that. Uh, didn't see in attendance, but... Uh, Looked like it wasn't very greatly attended, but uh, no, you were there. Not. Yeah, I was there for yeah. sure. I was sitting up uh, behind the basket. Uh, yeah, let's, let's also give a shout out to Coach Byron Falstich and Wheeler Nation. Started off the season with a win. Uh, they're now one and one though. We there lost we go. Them too. Uh, and isn't is Chafe still a coach at Culver? He is, and they. Uh, you know, I have a picture that I've had saved in my in my. Uh, picture in what do you call it in your album for for quite some time that uh that i saw on one of the culver social medias and just just waiting for the right time to break that out but <laughs> yeah yeah uh so culver kicked off their season with a win over powerhouse indianapolis homeschool <laughs> saw that they play lava mirror tonight i believe is that just all the homeschooled kids they formed a team i don't get it no idea <laughs> No we'll idea. have to get an answer on that one. I know Culver's playing tonight, so we'll we'll get an update. All right, let me roll the dice. We've spent a lot of time. Sorry, I, I just was talking a lot. Good. Four. Devin Hester, right? Devin Hester Hall of Fame hypers. We did spend a lot of time <laughs> on them, so they are out there. There's there's lots of them, millions. Fuck you guys. Did you guys see the first play of the Super Bowl? I mean, it was electric. Never even won a Super Bowl. Uh, Reggie Wayne did. Torrey Holt did. Heinz Ward yeah. did. They're not all, and they all have better stats. I mean, I'm done. 
you're out. You're out. You're fucking out. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Uh, so Survivor. Survivor Pick'em and DFS Update. This is this is hitting home for you, Joe. Uh, so week eleven, since we were off, obviously we'll talk about it. You you uh, stayed alive on the Lions, and Jay was jagging. And then uh, last week you stayed alive with the Eagles and OT, and Jay was tightening up. Uh, so there's been a little little chat on the on the Pirate Life Pod uh, side chat. Uh, you laid it kind of all out. Um, yeah, a lot of strategy. With your teams available and Jay's teams available, no, no overlap, right? Uh, yeah, uh, he's got. I think it's four teams that we share. He's got a slight advantage. He's got better teams available to him for the rest of the season. But you know, just keep picking right. I keep uh, scraping by with a couple of crazy wins to survive. So keep it yeah. going. It's good. Good for you. Uh, get the win last week, especially with your Eagles. Uh, you know, your for- former Eagles boy. So that was probably yeah. pretty nice. Uh, definitely an OT too. Um, pick them. Uh, Jay led in uh, week 11 with nine. And now we've got a change now. Sean Ditka, two game lead on Greg now. Sean Ditka had 13 last week. So he's rising. For sure. Um, very impressive. 61%, I think, against the spread, which is crazy. Yeah. 13 games. Uh, Jesus. I hope you just raked last week in uh, DraftKings or wherever you're placing your bet, Sean Ditka. Uh, let's see. DFS, uh, got a shout out the week 11 winner, Samansky, uh, Jay, and then Rob Lappin. And then the Turkey day, uh, DFS that was won by Greg and then Mo finishing second and big dog finishing third. Here's the Turkey day lineup. Uh, golf Pollard, CMC Watson, Jameson Williams, CD lamb Kraft. Charbonnet and Niners Deef. And then the normal uh, week 12 boy, uh, Big Dog, uh, just absolutely killing in DFS this year. Uh, I finished second, which was like the second time I finished in the money, but still down, I think, $99 on the year. So, uh, and Szymanski in third. Here's uh, Big's lineup. Uh, Jalen Hurts, Tony Pollard, Ramondre, Pittman, Tank Dell, Greg Dortch. Najoku and Kyron Williams and San Francisco Deef. So a little bit of overlap there between the uh, the Turkey Day lineup, but uh, Big Dog's just absolutely killing in DFS this year. Nice job, Braxton. All right, so that's our updates. Thank you. So now we're going to do a quick – we're going to keep it quick because I've been talking out my ass uh, this <laughs> podcast. We're going to talk about the trade deadline recap. Trade deadline review. Maybe talk about just some of the big ones that happened. So I was talking to Chad. He confirmed this for me. There were 40 trades total this season, uh, and 15 of them were in the last two weeks. So pretty busy trade deadline this season. Uh, it's the most 
in-season trades we've had in the last four years. Thanks, Nighty. Yeah, basically. How many of those were his? How many trades has he made specifically? Yeah, we'll have to count that. I was surprised to hear this. Prior to the last four years, 50-plus trades were a common trend. So the mm. league, you know, over the long term has done less trades than we used to. Yeah. I, they're probably bigger bigger deals, right? It's what it kind of seems like. The contenders go in, all in pretty much. If you're not a, if you're a contender, you go all in. I mean, it's weird to see someone with like twenty bucks left on their on their uh, on the ledger. If you're a contender, like I just feel like you just go to the floor now. But right, more money involved, uh, and we'll we'll talk about uh, how that's going to maybe affect the draft next year in an upcoming pod, maybe. Uh... Before the playoffs start, yeah. we can kind of look at that, kind of discuss that. So we had six trades during the trade deadline that involved more than $10. You know, there was the Deef trades that we're not going to talk about that. Everybody, you know, yeah. who cares? Uh, the first trade we're going to look at is Raheem Moster, uh, yeah. Jeremy, acquiring him from Big Dog for 25 and 45 uh, This was before Jeremy kind of lost his way. Yeah, uh, It turned out, in the end, he trades Mostert uh, to Kreewigs. Yeah. So basically, he just r- rented him for $11. For, for the week, yeah. yeah. But he transferred a lot of uh, 2025 money to 2024 money because uh, Kreewigs had a, had a lot of upfront money. So maybe not so bad for Jeremy. Basically, breaks even. Right. Yeah, yeah. Because he got 55 and 4 from Sidecar and CEH who... Man, can you imagine, you know, what, two years ago or three years ago, he was just all the hype train, right? Right. He went for like 50 plus dollars uh, at draft as a rookie. Yeah. And I'm sure he was number one pick in a lot of dynasty drafts. Absolutely. Uh, second trade is a big one. Chad acquires the rookie, Jameer Gibbs yeah. uh, from Blaine, who made this deal on a private jet. For fifty and forty-five dollars. That's that Culver money, boy. <laughs> yeah, what the fuck is that up? I want to hear the story behind that. Yeah. Did you just go catch a play in NYC or something, and then head yeah, back? If, yeah. If Knighty was telling this story, it'd probably involve him like finger blasting somebody on this private jet too, <laughs> because that's like what every story involves. I love those stories, though. But yeah, I mean, that's a lot of money for a rookie running back. He's a sixty-dollar keeper. I, I don't know. With such high budgets this year, if Jameer Gibbs turns out to be a top six running back going into the next year, he's probably a keeper at sixty dollars. Yeah, potentially. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's 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 it is the amount of money. So he spent what ninety five bucks for a sixty dollar keeper, and I mean, he's in a timeshare too, though. Let's be real. Right, right. Probably a little bit of a uh, overpay, but. If you're a contender, I feel like you just have to you have to make a splash move. So, not mad at it. All right, and then these are the the final three. Uh, we already talked about the Raheem Moster going to Cree Wigs, uh, yep. and then then we get to the Byron trades. So this one involves you. Byron gets Devin Singletary, the all powerful Devin Singletary, yeah. right? Uh, for Rashi Rice, who's coming along, and twenty and twenty, so forty bucks total. Rashi Rice is a $3 keeper. It was just, I mean, it was super easy for me. I didn't even really think twice about it. Uh, you know, I was figuring 
he wasn't someone that I had pegged for someone to come and get. Byron side chatted me and I said, you know, yeah, sure. And then he said Rasheed Rice in the deal also. And I was like, perfect. Uh, and then he blew <laughs> up last week. So 40 bucks for, a, you know, I don't know. I, I mean, he's decent. He's not great, but, uh, you know, 40 yeah, bucks. Yeah, Damian Pierce is, it just came back too with him yeah. this week. So, and then he didn't play him, which was also like kind of hilarious. Yeah, that. Byron didn't even have him in his lineups. Yeah, and then Rashi Rice outscores him. Yeah, but you know, I mean, it, it again, looks- you're looking for depth, and uh, I, I guess I don't remember who else is running backs on his bench are, but he's got depth. He's got decent depth. So it's a piece that you know you can maybe use, but. Again, I'm not mad at any contender uh, making making deals at the end. Right. Yeah, he's in different yeah, different situation than you and I. So maybe he's just got his eye on that trophy, uh, yeah. and he's he's going for it. He's for sure. he's on a mission from God. It just feels like Byron this year. It was supposed to be a tank year, and yeah. it turned out he's the best team in the league the whole entire season so far. That butter's churning. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and then the last one, this was a big one. Lots of players involved. Byron gets Josh Allen, uh, Alexander Madison, and Jake Ferguson and gives up Kyler Murray, Kyle Pitts, and the big piece, Justin Jefferson, yeah. who is a $28 keeper next year, along with $60 he gave Jeremy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, is this Jefferson's last year to be kept? Yes. Yeah. He's got so, one more year. Yep. I mean, you can definitely see, I mean, he probably would have, if he, he would have probably moved him in the off season if had he kept him, uh, you know, he's coming back on a bye this week uh, and then back next week. Um, but still, so you're, you're losing out on a couple weeks of him. Um, he's, he, he's managed to weather the storm. He's been out for what, like five or six weeks in a row now. Um, right. Kyler Murray, I mean... The part I feel like, you know, that really stands out to me is, is Devin Singletary, Alexander Madison, and Jake Ferguson really going to matter in, for a contender's roster? Yeah. I mean, yes, he got Josh Allen, who balled last week. And right. Is, is QB1. But it's just a lot of money to give up, along with the best keeper going yeah. into next season. Justin Jefferson's worth 50 bucks in the off season. Yeah. You know, I, I understand why he did it. Maybe he doesn't believe in the the quarterback that's going to be coming in for the Vikings next year. We don't know who it is because cousins is going to be gone. Yeah. I don't know. Both, both trades were kind of puzzling. I'm not going to rip him because he's, he's going for it. And you know, you have to do what you got to do. I've made some stupid trades too, going for, for sure. a championship. So if yeah. it, I guess, you know, if it works out, he looks like a genius. Right. If it doesn't, yeah, I mean, but, but he, he has been stamped the anti-guru by himself. So we'll see what happens. But maybe he's going to rage on the pirate life this year. So we'll see. Yep. Oh, and I almost forgot the brothers trade. Yeah, down I was going to say, so, you're getting ready to move ooh. on, but I had it, I had it still here. So uh, the biggest money trade that happened at the deadline, Jason acquires... Tyreek Hill, wide receiver one uh, from Jeremy. And that's basically it. We don't have to talk about Elijah Moore and all that. 
for 90 and 25. So $115 total for five weeks of Tyreek Hill. He's electric. He is a $76 keeper, probably at the top of the market, probably still a keeper with all these high budgets, but not worth a huge amount, I wouldn't think. No. I mean, yeah, you might want to just get him so you have him uh, pre-draft or whatever if you're, you know, someone like Shafe with over $400, but who's going to outbid you for him? Right. Joe, Finley Bush, I got <laughs> decent money, but I don't know. That seemed like a lot of money, but you know, it's one of those things that we just talked about. If it works out, he looks like a genius. He's a he's a championship winning caliber player and That's team for sure. for sure. He's our. I mean, to add to that team too, his team was RSL pretty tough, and it was funny because uh, we were on the on our Pirate Life side chat, and uh, it was like, "What is Jason doing? Is Jason going to make a move here?" And then mm-hmm. then he hit the hammer. So that was the move that we were all waiting for because. It was obvious he had all the money still that, um, you know, he hadn't gotten close to even getting to the floor. So uh, there you go. Helped his brother out. So rise up, Renz. And those, those are your trades. Good discussion. We actually went into decent depth with some of those. All right. Now let's get into this big week of Jizz Picks. Got, uh, you gotta really get right up in it. All right, let me get up in it. Say it. I'm erect. I can tell. One of the best polls I've ever seen. What? That nice juicy poon is just about to bust. Say it. Tight ball. <laughs> Jizz picks. Uh, yeah. So, oh seven. Uh, up. 23 to 10 on the year, three and one uh, last week. Um, so, yeah, big. It's 07 0, it seems like. So, we've talked about that for 13 weeks, I feel like. So, yeah, we better we better go and make some t shirts. Uh, you know, hit up Randy because we're going to be wearing them at the, the draft this, this next year because I think it's 07 season this year. It's probably going to be 08 next year with all the, the big budgets, but oh, this is 07's year, apparently. Seems like it. All right, let's get into them. All right, first matchup. We're not going to spend any time on this. It is Joe versus Rick. It is the worst matchup of the week. We'll be lucky to combine for 100 points, and I'm taking Rick. Wow. (laughs) JT's out for Rick. Uh, His entire bench is on bye. Uh, He has hurts in the game of the week. I also went Rick. Yep, and it doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter because neither one of us is really a, a butt pirate contender. So I guess this is to get in the consolation bracket. Uh, by the way, how how many teams make the consolation? Seven through or eight through what? So I don't know this year. It could be different since there's seven. You're right. I didn't think about that. I haven't been thinking about the consolation bracket enough. <laughs> We'll have to let me click on this here real fast and see. It might tell us. Oh yeah, here it is. It'll tell us the. Oh no, it doesn't. It it takes it away when I went to constellation. That's funny. All right. Uh, I don't know. I would assume the following six. So I would think uh, eight through thirteen. Maybe. Okay. All right. Still hope. Let's get that confirmed though. Yeah. Commission. I would, need you I would love to make the constellation bracket. <laughs> yeah, you could be going in there with a strong team. 
Uh, next up, Cubbies and Greg has too much for the buzzard, so it's Greg for me. Right. So uh, there are some important scenarios that we run run through Greg. Greg's point total the next couple weeks will be important because he has the same point total as Byron right now and only two behind Chad. So Greg could still get that first round bye. Uh, he needs to win both games. Uh, here's, an, here's one of the scenarios. He needs to win both his games. He needs Chad to win one of two games and Byron to win one of two games and also outscore uh, both of them by two points. So, it's you know, there's still a decent chance of that. Um, yep, so that that's Greg's scenarios basically that he's going to be looking at. In Buzz, real quickly, Buzz still has a chance to win in Week 14 against Finley Bush, so that would really get himself out of the butt pirate race. I have him. I came up with this percentage. He still has a five percent chance of being butt pirate. Uh, okay. Buzz. So, All right. An outside shot. Is that from uh, ESPN? ESPN stats and info. There. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I calculated it all. You know. <laughs> The next matchup is an 08. Uh, this would be the boy liking, but we're, we don't have any boy liking. We're just having three games the week this year. Uh, yeah, that's exactly what I wrote as well. <laughs> it should be. Uh, this is. Natty moves to eight and five is what I had also. So uh, supposed to get uh, Godert Nation back. So uh, one of his tight ends might actually play this week for Natty. Natty. All right. So here's the extensive scenarios for Knighty to make the playoffs. Uh, Knighty is going to need to get some help to make the playoffs. Obviously, both his matchups are must-wins because right. his point total is so low that he pretty much loses all the tiebreakers against everybody that's a contender. Uh, he faces Wendell next week in Week 14, which could be a fucking fantastic matchup in just the clencher of all clenchers. Uh, Nighty needs, here's one scenario. He needs Jason to beat Wendell, and then Nighty needs to beat Wendell in week 14. And yeah. that would get Nighty um, into the playoffs. Nighty could also get in by winning the division. He could, he still has a chance at the division. Okay. Uh, to do that, uh, he has the division tiebreaker over Wendell. So for that, he would need Wendell to beat Jason this week. And here's an, the unlikely part of this. Jason lose to Randy next week, which Ooh, is you know, highly unlikely. So that's probably the, the least likely scenario. And then here you go, Nighty. Another third one. Hold on. Let me take a sip here. <laughs> the final scenario in which Nighty can win the wild card is if Jay loses both his games against Blaine and then Chad next week. Wow. So he's got a tough schedule. Nighty also has to win both his matchups too, right. which isn't easy because he's got Wendell next week. So there's still a chance Nighty can win. I don't know what percentage I would put on it. Probably like 15 to 20% chance maybe I would put on it just because okay. there's you know, those three. Yeah. A lot of so things. there you go, Nighty. There's your hope. That's what you need to root for. Shouldn't have tanked those three weeks, he said. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it made a difference because he's not going to get any of those uh, tiebreakers. And for Randy on the other side, uh, 
he faces Knighty this week and then Jason next week, which is rough. Probably not going to get a win. He trails Buzz by almost 30 points. So I would put Randy's chances of being the butt pirate at about 80% right now. Ooh, man. I like yeah, that. Pretty high, highly likely. <laughs> you would need a, a miracle, basically, to not be butt pirate. All right. Next matchup, we go to the Rats. It is Jake versus Big Dog. Yeah. Um, yeah, hoping I can get that win streak to three in a row here. Uh, side. Oh, wait, wait, wait. Yeah. Yeah. Just that's all I read. Just hoping to get to three wins in a row this, <laughs> this week. So. <laughs> yeah, both team, both teams coming off uh, upset wins last week to get them out of the basement and kind of you know feel a little bit safer out of the butt pirate. Big Dog still has the lowest point total, but leads Sam and Randy by one game. So I'm giving yeah. Big Dog like a ten percent chance of getting butt pirate. Okay. Um, and then Jake, I put you could bring a pretty strong squad into the consolation bracket with a couple wins to end the season. You got a couple winnable games here. I think you got Jeremy next week. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, if I can make it, I don't know what the number is to get to the cutoff line, but hopefully I can make it. And then the next matchup is the other rats matchup, which is Jeremy versus the division leading sidecar. Yeah. So I looked, they, there's still a scenario right here. Jeremy could still win the Rats division. There's still a chance. If he wins both his matchups and Sidecar loses both of theirs because Jeremy holds the division record tiebreaker right now. Yep. And Jeremy, like we said, faces you next week. Uh, Sidecar faces Big Dog next week. Um, yeah, I mean, looked like Sidecar still needed a tight end. I feel like their whole bench was on by as well. Um, it's gonna be it's gonna be tight. It's gonna be a rats matchup, so we'll see. All right, let's move on to the first game of the week. It is Mr. Private Jet himself, Blaine, versus Jay. Yeah, uh, the plunge is sneaky, and A-Chain could be back for Bird, so um, I guess we'll see. I like I like Bird. I think I do, too. I like Jay this week. Jay can basically guarantee the wild card with a victory, with just one victory in the next two weeks. Uh, but... He faces Chad next week, which is yeah. no easy task. So that's what makes this matchup so important. It's almost, it's not a must win, but it, it, it's, oh, kind you of. need to win. <laughs> you, you would need to win this one so that you're not sweating next week against a, a good quality opponent. Yep. So I'm going to take Jay to lock up that uh, wild card. Get in the playoffs, Bird. Possibly the only 08 member that's in the playoffs. Uh, and now let's move on to game of the week two. Beans against DDS. Yep, and we've kind of touched on a lot of the scenarios for them. Uh, Jason can clinch a spot in the playoffs with a victory. Any, any victory this week or next week, he faces Randy next week. So not much pressure on Jason to win, but huge amounts of pressure on Wendell to, to win this. 
so that, you know, he's not facing elimination next week against 90. He might still be in Mexico, though. Who knows? Uh, looks like he's rising uh, on the beaches and in the pool. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he had to go with his uh, third option on the waiver wire for quarterbacks this week. So uh, going with DTR, and he's got a concussion. So who knows if he'll <laughs> play or not. Joe Flacco. He'll be available, I'm sure. Yeah, I think I think I gotta go. I gotta take Jason, and it's gonna set up that freaking amazing matchup next week against Nighty and Beans. Stamp it as game of the week next week, for sure. Game of the century. <laughs> and then last one, we have our final game of the week. It's lax and butter. Number one versus number two. So big implications on this one. Uh, the winner would take a stranglehold on the first round bye, which would, would be very important. Uh, they're both pretty even on the point standings. Chad only has a two and a half point lead in the standings. Uh, it's kind of funny because the division, it won't matter who wins this division because it's all about who gets the higher seed because who gives a shit who wins a division as long as you have a buy in the first round. Right. Because Byron currently holds the division record tiebreaker, but it's, it's not really that important. Uh, it's also kind of interesting that Chad came into the draft with all the money and Byron came in with no money and they're both sitting at one and two. So it shows you can be done either way. Yep, two completely different paths. Another ironic thing is Byron, with his big trade last week, he got Josh Allen and Alexander Madison, and both of them are on buy this week. Yikes. <laughs> well, all that money for four, four weeks of those guys. Yeah. I guess Justin Jefferson would have only given him four weeks too, but still. Sure. Yep, I don't know. It's, it's coin flip. For uh, sure. I'm probably taking, leaving Chad, but it's it's close. I am also going to take Chad in a very close matchup. Yeah. All right, that's the gist picks. Let's get on a flight to Vegas. Oh yeah, let's make some money. I bet you twenty bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. Gambling is illegal at Bushwood, sir, and I never slice. Gambling? Who's anything about gambling? It's not gambling when you know you're going to win. Money! I want winners. I want people that want to win. All right, 50 bucks, I can hit it over the highway. Any takers? You can put it on the board, yes! Because I want to make bank, bro. I want to get ass. I want to drive a Range Rover. We obviously went, what, 4-0 last week uh, on the week off, so fired up for this week. Where are we at, Joe? Yep. We went 3-1 and one in week 11, so 21-15 and 15 overall. We've really came on uh, strong as of late. We didn't start great, but here we go. I am going to take Byron's Lions minus four at New Orleans. I think they're coming off a, a bad loss and kind of a bad performance against the Bears the previous week. That was uh, a shitty game. 
So I think they're going to rebound here. Playing indoors, they always seem to play better indoors. So the Saints, I have no faith in that team. I just think they're just going to get pounded. Uh, I went tighten up uh, plus two today. And uh, Tennessee is 4-0 at home straight up this season. And the Colts have won three straight, but no John Taylor this week. So I like the Titans plus two. All right. Uh, my over-under pick is Sunday night football, Chiefs-Packers under 42 and a half. Um I think that Chiefs defense is really going to apply pressure to Golden Boy Jordan Love. The last two <laughs> weeks, people are starting to change their opinion. Uh, people like him all of a sudden now, huh? Yeah, yeah. They forget how bad he is under pressure and how he is uh, completion. I think he has the worst completion percentage on passes over 15 yards, something like that. So, all right. And, and I, another thing, I think he's really bad against the blitz and the Chiefs. Uh, have the lowest completion percentage on plays that they blitz on and the least average amount of yards given up. So I just think that Chiefs uh, defense is going to eat them up, and it's it's in Lambeau, so the refs are going to probably keep it kind of low yeah. for the Chiefs. Who's going to cheat more? Is it going to be the Chiefs or the, or the Packers? Which I mean, Who are the refs going to cheat for more? Right, both perennial both favorites. Teams, yeah. They both are, for sure. I, uh, you know, typically try to go unders on the over under, but I went over this week and, and, and again, that's the, the Thursday night game, which typically is always an under, but I'm going boys and Hawks over 46. Uh, the boys are averaging 41 points at home this year. And the boys also are been over in seven of the 11 last games, uh, this year. So I like the boys over 46 and a half. Or it was actually just 46, sorry. Yeah, I could see it happening. You need another defensive touchdown. Um, Rising on that. Someone could have had that D for 10 bucks, but no one wanted him. Yeah, huge miss. Paying $40 for Devin Singletary instead. (laughs) (laughs) I can't get over it. (laughs) All right, let's move on to the best of group me. What's up, Buck Pirate Nation? Mr. J. Kinney. Mr. Joey Schefter. I am the anti-guru. Shout out to Blueberry Larry. What's up, Nighty? I am the fucking champ. You're right. Let's go, bitches. <laughs> That's Big Dog. That's what he does. Blame. Fuck him. <laughs> Allison's muff salad. <laughs> it's the truth. Represent. And I made a huge mistake at writing so much for Best of Group Me after we just went into so much detail. So bear with me for 10 minutes. I'll make it worth it, okay? I'll give you the best 10 minutes of your life. You could you could just, you know, narrow it down if you had to. It's so hard because there's so much quality. I mean, when you got Nighty posting all these stories, it's just every single thing is hit, hit, hit. So Nighty in last week's write-up said, 
I do want to apologize to 07 that I never have any 07 sex stories because all I know about you guys was Chad and Jason have been married since they were 11. Byron was dating a Finley bush. Wendell was putting strawberry spray on his dick for Mare Bear to blow him. And Greg, <laughs> Greg didn't see a boob till he was like 25. And Joe was fighting with Little T over Leslie. And Wiggs was too busy pissing everywhere to get any poop. <laughs> I mean, maybe I'll post some stories. It's just because I guess we didn't have a lot of uh, inter-grade stories being exchanged. So maybe that's what's missing. But I, I know some good ones. Seems like 08 was getting all the pussy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe it's just because they were getting so little that every single little bit of it stood out in 90s mind. Sure. That could have that been it, too. All right. So here we go. More 90. On a cold, wintry day in 2008, Randy convinces me to break up with Whitney Yakey. When then, we then go over to Deuce Money, Deuce's house, and he tells me that I should go say sorry to Whitney to get her back. So I drive that little silver Taurus over to Whitney's house, only to find that all-too-familiar black Mustang in the driveway. I thought he was going with Rick when he said that first, uh, because Rick also drove a black Mustang back in the day. I used yeah. to see that in my ex-girlfriend's uh, driveway, too. <laughs> and Nighty goes on to say, that fucker Simon Walder is sitting in the basement, consoling her over the breakup. Did that 09 scumbag Hodges know Simon was there and send me to the lion's den to make me look like a jackass? Because all I know the last time I was consoling someone was while I was getting off a tennis, a summer tennis trip in Terre Haute <laughs> for shoving four fingers into Chelsea Bench while she was sad about Martindale. We had to play mixed doubles the next day together, actually, and both sets of parents watching our match knew exactly why I got kicked out of that tennis house. Sorry, <laughs> Roll Bunch. <laughs> that is embarrassing. Uh, that's pretty funny. Uh, yeah, shit. And you know, the, I already know the face that he was given into. What? <laughs> He's trying to get my dick wet. <laughs> Oh, and Knight even went into more detail. Uh, Wiggs asked for more details, so here we go. Guys and girls would do this trip to Terre Haute for tennis, and there were two houses we would get split up between. Don't ask me how putting 12 horny boys and girls under a roof for a week was a good idea, but hey. So it was like mid-afternoon, and everyone was out by the pool, and Chelsea and I snuck down into the basement of this house, and the mom of the house walked down and screams, Oh, no. We're not doing this here. As she saw us under the blanket. So I had to go stay at the other house the rest of the week with Kyle Stump and Evan Birchmeyer. Spoiler, no poon was had at that house. I'm pretty sure I'm pretty sure Birchmeyer's literally gay. So <laughs> that, that's what makes, makes, makes the joke uh, even better. Oh, uh, man. Hey, but don't underestimate Kyle Stump. I think he got a, a little bit of Poonanny, the first person to from Plymouth to get into uh, Ellie Fairchild's pants. Mm, a little, don't little know that one. There. There's an 07 sex story for you. There you go. All right. Uh, okay. Uh, we won't talk about the knickknack that was in 90s. Uh, <laughs> the knickknack pick that was in 90s in-laws holding in up the toilet. Yeah. Love, love some good uh, 
bathroom knickknacks. Uh, after Blaine and Wickens had gone back and forth in a little name-calling session, after Blaine called for Sidecar to get kicked out of the league, like usual, Blaine says, Wendell, getting extra tax breaks for hiring the mentally disturbed. <laughs> Wickens comes with an educated uh, response. I'm 1099, sir. No tax breaks for the brothers Wendell. <laughs> <laughs> Wendell's always looking for those tax breaks, though. For sure. CPA, Wendell. Uh, on This is a good story. On Black Friday, Jay posted in the chat, a surprise appearance by Joe Clinton at the LA Fitness this morning. He wanted me to pass along this <laughs> message. Fuck the sidecar. <laughs> I would love to hear Joe Clinton say that. And then Chad replies, good thing you didn't wear your clown commission shirt. He would have ripped it off you. <laughs> As Joe does. Yes, he does. He's not afraid to be aggressive to defend his family. Uh, and then finally, we're going to in Nighty's Monday morning write-up this week. He started off in dangerous territory by saying, Davis number 30 took 08 advice. I feel bad about reading this one. Took 08 advice for the first time in his life, and it fucked him right in the ass, swapping out Broncos for Dane Pierce, which cost him the upset. Usually he doesn't listen to 08. Like when I told him it wasn't a good idea to bring Lindsay out to hole three green to join me and Shannon Elliott. Randy didn't listen and we couldn't find them for like two hours. There is your bulletin board material for week 14, Jason. And then more a nighty. You know, I glossed over it last week, but picturing that little bottle of strawberry dick spray on your basement bookshelf, Wendell, in that back room gave me a nice chortle last week. You know, side note, in general about Wendell's back room. So Wendell does have a back room in his basement with a sliding door, I believe. It was it was a tiny little room with just a couch and a TV and some crazy shit happened back there. There's some 07 stories for you. You know, side note in general about Wendell's back room. Had a lot of good times in there. First time drinking, which was Svedka with Trent Ruff, Martindale and Wendell, Megan Martindale's first finger insertion was by me in that room. My four, <laughs> my four BJ night with Emily Treat was in that room. I want to hear Ooh. that story right there. Did you get off all four times in one day? Because kudos for that. And then he also said, I sent a dick pic to Bria Whitmire in that back room. Sorry for the <laughs> splooch smell, Sue Wendell. <laughs> Yep. And then Blaine posts a gif of the little girl with the caption, 13-year-old Bria Whitmire asking Nighty for his needle pick. <laughs> <laughs> and then closing out, last one. Nighty replies, you know the best part about that story, which I left out, was that Bria was with Chelsea Thoden at the time, who was dating Jacob Castilla, hot stud. So all three actually saw that little needle when it came through to the flip phone. <laughs> Thank God it didn't go viral like Britney Payne's titties. But yeah. So much good that. shit for Heidi. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's the best of group me. I told you it would be worth it if you stayed with us this whole time. It definitely was, for sure. Um, all right, thoughts? so we got one one left, one week left in the regular season, and then we're uh we're gonna try to get some uh the playoff boys in into the pod, right? 
Right. Yep. We will we'll definitely have to shorten up best of grouping and all the other segments, but we'll we'll try and interview all the, the contenders, probably like, you know, bring them on two at a time and maybe send their message to the other manager that they're facing. Little shit talking, maybe we'll see. All yep. right. Uh, anything else from you, Joey? Yeah, maybe we'll bring in uh, maybe uh, next week. I could do some preview to next year's draft since you and I will be looking forward to the, the following week. Or maybe we'll yeah, do no awards. Doubt. I don't know. We could do season ending awards like uh, most valuable player for the fantasy season, something like that. All right. All, all, all right. kinds of ideas. For sure. All right. Uh I guess that's about it. So, uh, Joe, play that motherfucking outro. <laughs> Talking big money, bitch. Uh. That little shit you talking about. That's lunch money. Smoke that. I got, I got, I got, I got so much, so much, so much, and this shit gonna be like this for uh. I got so much, so much, pretty much the rest of the time we here. I got, I got, I got, I got so much, 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 much. My little niggas got more money than you fuck, man. Nigga, that was 19. Had my hustle down, Pat. I did the right thing. They don't move that fast, they act like they don't like cheese. Had a couple niggas mad like they don't like me. Is it cause I'm hella paid? I think it might be. In my pockets, hella straight. And I smoke so much dope, I got OG in my IV. So many niggas jacking that shit, don't even surprise me. I don't even wanna back shit, this all to the good. Can't even say I didn't know you would. Make a little money, get it from the road. Bring that shit back to the hood. Anytime you see me, man, I'm on the grind. Nigga wasn't working when you knew you should. Now you talk about me when I'm on the road. And when I ride by, I'm in the newest one. I got so much money, I think I should pay for all this. They ain't down to spend how much they say, cause they ain't ballin'. I got so much paper, I just spend it like it's nothing. Ain't no way they spend how much they say, cause they just bluffin'. I got so much money, I think I should pay for all this. They ain't down to spend how much they say, cause they ain't ballin'. I got so much paper, I just spend it like